Thank you for tuning back into a new episode of Dodge Current Events. With this podcast, I want to start off talking about the most interesting story that I have lined up for you guys today. Um, so as I was looking for things to like talk about on my podcast today, this story showed up in the um. Well, I just searched like you know latest news and stuff like that, and this story was the first to pop up, and I haven't, I haven't read about it or whatever so I know I clicked on you know I clicked on it just to see what it was about and um it caught my attention from there so a person well a girl her name is I want to say it's pronounced Kiesha 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 Brooks um she claims that the police are now harassing her after a viral video so, when I read that, I was like, okay, video. I haven't seen a video of anything related to um, Mrs. Brooks. So, you know, I searched the video. I found it on her Instagram. And basically, she was just reading the whole Kansas um, City Police Board. Well, the commissioners. She, she read them to pieces. Like, I guess she had enough of, like, what they were doing in their community or whatever, but she basically cussed all them out. Basically. And um she exposed them for the things that they claimed that they stood for, but in reality they didn't. So like I remember her saying that one of the commissioners uh would go and eat lunch with, you know, at the public school with black kids and just they get their picture taken with the kids. But like y'all don't help their parents, like, who live in public housing. You want their children to pose for your brochures or your website photos and all this stuff like that, but you're not helping better them. And I feel that because I'm not saying all policemen, but most of them, especially the white ones, are very racist. That's why my mom always told me that ever since I've been in elementary and I remember this day like it was yesterday she said you know that you know they can't be like KKK members anymore so they try to get in higher positions so that way they can control you which will be police officers judges um what else lawyers anything that can overpower you they're going to be there you know mayors presidents Things of that such. So that's why she always told us to work hard to get what we wanted so nobody could control what we do or tell us what to do. So, um, yeah, she just wanted everyone to know. So basically, um, she was just basically saying she saw after this meeting, they were basically harassing her. She said she was in three different locations and one day... Like, you know how we got Mount Pleasant, we got, well, it's actually in downtown, like, in the same kind of area, kind of, but it's, like, right next to each other. So, I'm I'm assuming that's what this was. She was in three different locations that day, and she saw the exact same car, police car. It was number 818. And she said she knew it was them harassing her because of what happened at the commissioner's meeting. And she basically just wanted everybody to know she's not mentally ill. She doesn't have any mental health. And she's not planning on harming herself. So if something happens to her, it has to be them. And I hope they don't retaliate 
on her by killing her or anything, but harassing her, really, come on now. And then how I know that it probably was done because she said she was out of their jurisdiction and she still called that sa- saw that same exact car. What does that tell you? I just hope that nothing bad happens in retaliation. But if police are paid like that. They feel like just because they're not that bad that they can, you know, do whatever. And then another thing that was crazy was she said she lives in a private gated community and they still was outside of her house and the gated community. Well, like gated apartments. But she said you can't get in unless you're in, like, you have a code or, like, you live there. So, and, you know, police officers can get in there. But I feel like the only way they could get in there is if something's happening. And nothing probably was going on there that police needed to be called. So, how did y'all get in here and why are y'all here? But, I mean, she has a lot. Feel like she's around my age, no more than 25. And if she had the courage to do that, more people should step up. But she said she wasn't living in fear. Now, in that case, if they were following me, I just would have felt like, you know, they're up to no good. So I feel like if people want to do stuff like what she did, like stand up for rights and stuff like that, they should be able to do that without having to think, okay, well, will I be alive to see next week? Will I be alive to see next month? Because the things that she was saying about them was probably true. And that's probably why they're following her. Like I said, I just hope that, you know, it's all Passover. So this is another story that I will have to keep y'all updated with to see what's going on. And I followed her on Instagram. So if anything happens out of the ordinary, I see her post anything, and I'll let you guys know. So my next story is a very touching one. I feel like it was a good deed, you know. Um, So when I first, you know, kind of realized that anybody could be an organ donor, would be when I was trying to get my permit. And so that was like my 10th grade year, I want to say. And, you know, on your license or permit or whatever, they say you're an organ donor. And when they first was like, would you like to be an organ donor? And I was like, you know, no. But as I've grown over the years, I see how helpful being an organ donor can be. Now, I'm not saying that, oh, well, if I look online and see somebody needs a, you know, two lungs, a kidney, an intestine, or whatever, I'll go, oh, cut me open now. But I'm just saying that, like, if my parents would need one day, hey, of course. But, like, if I was to die today or tomorrow, God forbid, I wouldn't mind. Because what good is my organs that are very healthy going to do to me if I don't need them versus what they can do for somebody who really needs them in order to live. So, um, in South Carolina, a dad gets a second chance at life from a police officer who donated his kidney. Um, so a Clemson police officer 
uh, and a Greenville dad both rang the bell because they had a successful transplant at MUSC. Um, well, I want to say this was maybe within a week span. And the officer said he saw in the back of a car that um, a guy was in desperate need of a kidney. And so he called and talked to the guy's children. And what really motivated him to do this was because he has children. So he knew if he was in that situation, he would want somebody to help him so his children could see, so he could see his children grow. And I feel like that was very nice. And in that case, I, even though I'm terrified of having surgeries and being cut open and getting, you know, my organs and stuff taken out of me, in that case, especially if it was my mom or grandma, I would do it. No questions asked. But I feel like, you know, when someone dies, like, you can't tell them, oh, you have to be an organ donor because they don't have to do anything. But if you look at it how I'm looking at it, like, okay, you're dead, right? You have healthy organs. You have a heart, two lungs, kidneys, whatever. And there are people who are basically struggling to live because they don't have these. You might as well give it to them because you don't need them. That's how I'm looking at it. So this story even, I I already changed my mind about being an organ donor. I would love to be an organ donor. But this story is just another reason why I would want to be an organ donor. To help people. And like I said, especially family. Like anyone in my immediate family ever need an organ, I'm here, no questions asked. I'll, I'll be scared, but I'll do it. Especially my mom and grandma. So that's another thing I encourage people to think about. Being an organ donor. I'm not saying that you have to, but just think about it. Because you never know who life you can change. Well, this next story blew my mind. So, as I was looking for topics, I mostly see, you know, news about a little bit of everything on Facebook. And then I would go and research it. And, um, you know, get some more news. But this one popped up and I was just like, I haven't seen this on live five because that's where I get a little alerts to my phone on live five and um so a pregnant woman in New Jersey was killed by a man who waited 90 minutes outside of her house so when I read that um I was thinking when I read that title I was thinking okay who is this man to her like what's the relationship between the two why did he wait a whole 90 minutes just to kill her and did he know she was pregnant? And if he did, why did he still kill her even though she was pregnant? So, um, in the article, they were calling the lady R.L. I want to say it's alias, but R.L. was eight months pregnant. And even though she passed, as she got shot multiple times, she was still able to deliver her baby. Um, The man turned himself in. And when they questioned him and asked him, like, what happened? He said... He waited outside of her house for 90 minutes. So when she finally pulled up, fired multiple shots, and just drove off. So the relationship between the two have not yet been released. But as much little shows as my mom watched, like, Fatal Attraction and stuff like that, 
this seems like that could be her baby daddy. And if it wasn't, it was like an ex-lover or somebody. So I came up with like three kind of scenarios about how this story could go. The first one was that's her baby daddy and he didn't want her to have the baby, but she wanted to keep the baby. So that's probably why he shot her because he had to know her because how could he know where she lived at? Unless he was like stalking her or anything, but I just feel like he knew her. The next story was that I feel like they broke up. She found out she was pregnant and she didn't want him in her life. So he figured he'll kill them both. The third scenario I came up with was that, um, you know, he was an ex-lover and he found out that she got pregnant by somebody else. And, you know, he didn't like it. So even though I could be totally wrong, but those are the three things that ran across my head when I first read about the story. But they don't have any more information or updates on it, so when I find updates about it, I'll update you guys, because this story is fairly fresh, I want to say it happened within the last two days, so I would definitely have to keep you guys updated on this story to figure out why did he kill RL. This next story is crazy, and when I first saw it on Facebook, I was so pissed. So, uh, remember when Brianna Taylor was shot and killed in her house during a raid by the Louisville police? Um, when he busted in the house, remember her boyfriend shot one of the officers in the leg in self-defense? And so basically that officer, Officer Mattingly, is suing Kenneth Walker, Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, for physical pain, trauma, and anguish, mental anguish. And I don't really know how to feel about the situation because all the physical pain and trauma that Kenneth Walker dealt with since March when the situation happened up until now. And just because you got shot, he lost his girlfriend. He got shot at. He was in jail. He's being sued. All this over a span of, I want to say maybe like eight months. And y'all want to sue him? Well, he wants to sue him. And I feel like if Louisville let this officer, like, get awarded any money from Walker, that would be crazy to me. I already feel like Louisville is corrupted with, you know, people. Just like my mom always used to tell me. My mom always told me. You have to work hard for the things that you want because, first of all, you're black, and second off, you're a woman. So you have to work twice as hard as any man, but any white people as well. And since we don't have, you know, KKK and shit like that is illegal, or it's supposed to be illegal, but it's still really going on. The people who are racist like that, are in high positions so that they can control us and keep us down. So, i.e., it would be presidents, mayors, governors, senators, police officers, lawyers, judges, things of that such. They work hard to get positions like that just so they can send black people to jail for no reason, up their bond, or do things that they know they can get over with just because they have a badge, they're a police officer, or just because they got a, you know, a master's degree. 
that's why I worked so hard to get my bachelor's degree. And I'm really thinking about going back to school, but the only thing that's really holding me back is student loans. But ain't nobody stopping me from getting what I want to get until I get comfortable with stopping. And I feel like if we had more black people in high positions like that, we wouldn't have to worry. And then another thing, because I think, I don't remember his title, but the man who basically said that it wasn't enough evidence to convict the the prosecutors that wasn't, wasn't they didn't convict the officers that shut up in her damn house, he was black. So we have some Uncle Toms in the system. So we need to find black people who know where they came from and where they want to go and who they want to help. So in this situation, I just hope that, you know, all turns in favor for, you know, Mr. Walker, because he and I dealt with so much since March, and it seems like it's not stopping. And that shot was a self-defense. You can't bust in nobody's house and expect them not to be ready, and he was licensed to carry. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was like a fucking gun that he bought off the street or something. That's his gun. That's just crazy. But like I said, I hope it rules in favor for Mr. Walker. This next story is, it made me so happy to see that the U.S. Marshals found 27 missing children in Virginia. I can just imagine the parents' faces embracing a hug from the children that have been missing for who knows how long. I get excited seeing my nieces and nephews after I have this, haven't seen them for like two days. I get excited. So, and I look at them as my children. So, imagine real parents hugging their children for the first time in who knows how long. It's heartwarming. So, the U.S. Marshals had a five-day operation called Operation Find Our Children. And they found 27 missing children in Virginia. But not only have they found children in Virginia, they also helped found 440 other kids in Georgia, Ohio, Louisiana, and more. They have a 75% success rate, which they want to get to 100, but 75% is phenomenal. That's even, that's be- that's more than half. So even though they're not, 100% successful, they have a high successful rate. So, yeah, I would trust them with helping me find my children. I just know that many parents are happy to be reunited with their children and are very happy that, you know, the U.S. Marshals are having this operation because if you haven't noticed, a lot of kids are coming up missing. They're being sold into sex trafficking, um, and it's just sad to see that people do that to little kids. There could be kids like two, three, up until people who are like tw- in their twenties. So it really doesn't matter age. But that's why when I see like missing children on Facebook and stuff like that, and say Ohio I always see missing kids from Ohio because I follow this little black kids health heaven page on Facebook and they always show like missing children and I have seen a lot in Ohio and Georgia shoot South Carolina has a lot as well but 
I continue to support the efforts of Operation Find Out Children in hopes that one day it will become, you know, a hundred a hundred percent successful rate. And they have my support a hundred percent of the way. So we have to help them find our missing children. And speaking of missing children, this last story is mind blowing because it happened too close to home. So in Spartanburg, Spartanburg is like what two hours, two and a half hours away from Charleston. So a Spartanburg County man bought a sex slave and put a mental clamp, a metal clamp on her neck. And this story was um taken on by the, the US Attorney's office. So how this story happened, um it was a nineteen year old woman and a thirty five year old man in Dallas, Texas. And they met through a dating app. I don't know which app it was, but yeah, they met through a dating app. They met up in the hotel and when she got there, he pushed her up the lady and forced her into being a sex slave. So he marketed her on his website and the man who eventually bought her is a man from um Spartanburg. His name is Herbert Hubert. So Mr. Hubert saw the description of her, went down to Dallas, bought her from a 35-year-old man, brought her back home, and basically was using her as his ex-slave. Put a metal clamp around her neck so she couldn't leave, and he could track her, I want to say. So, yeah. Since then, both men, Hubert and the 35-year-old man, have been in jail, and I think Hubert's Charges are a conspiracy to commit human sex trafficking, and I want to say the 35-year-old man charge is sex trafficking because he basically sold her to somebody she didn't even know for sex. And that's why I don't want to say it was all her fault because it's not. It's really not. But you have to be very careful of the people that you're meeting online. Those data websites, I don't think are safe at all. Just because of the situation right here. You don't really know who you're going to meet. You don't really know who they are. They could be a pedophile, a criminal, killer. You just never know. And I hope more and more people are starting to realize that things like this could happen. So be careful. It's not her fault whatsoever. You just have to be more aware of the things that you do with the people that you don't really know and not telling anybody. But she's been okay. She's okay. And both men are behind bars. So in all reality, it turned out for the better. Even though she had to deal with what she dealt with. All right. That's all that I have for you guys today. But before we end, so today's November 2nd. We all know tomorrow is election day. And oh my god, I'm so ready for this election to be over. <sighs> I just pray that I saw that 93 million people have already voted. Absentee early vote. But we can also go out to vote tomorrow. So the lines might be a little bit long, but hey, it's whatever. But I was standing in the line for hours 
so my vote can count. And I'm hoping that my other young black people will do the same. Get out, go vote, get your voices heard. Tomorrow's the last day. Polls close at I believe seven, so make sure you go before then. Get your voices heard, and we will be announcing our new president tomorrow, about seven thirty, eight o'clock. So make sure y'all stay tuned next week, and I'll catch y'all later.